Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Sports Scrambled. We got a special one for you. We got a, a guest, Mr. Uh, Michael Smith, a.k.a. Bus Driver, a.k.a. Big Mike, is joining me along with my co-host, Tyler Wade and Futch. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing good. Glad to be here. We got uh, reached out to Big Mike last night and uh, said, well, you know what? We need some some LSU alumni uh come on the show give it give us his insights from when he played on the football team and talk a little bit about his his uh his olympic weightlifting he's going on since since myself will be joining him in paris in 2024 getting getting ready for that so uh but yeah no uh we're, it's great to have you on the show finally big mike you're one of our loyal listeners so we, we just try to get you through the work day absolutely no nah, man you guys uh you guys give some some really entertaining stuff you know Love listening to all you guys' takes on everything. Uh, just helps me stay informed, really, with uh, everything going on in the sports world. And, and we, you guys. we try to uh, help you also stay awake while you're sitting at your desk and you know, getting that job. Can't say that. His boss Dude. might be listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Chu said whenever his day is going slow, he just throws on the sports scramble and it picks him up. Always there here, especially the NASCAR Neil take that hopefully we'll get later in the show. <laughs> no, uh, you, you get that two thirty feeling, you know. That's that's when you. <laughs> Hit it. By the time uh show's done with it's already four o'clock and time to go home, you know? Just Exactly, nice exactly. Nice to meet you. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, so a little bit of background. We uh we went to college with Big Mike besides Futch, since he didn't go to LSU and he's big big twelve or Pac twelve fan or whatever you are. He's there. a jag. Yeah. Well he goes to a Sunbelt school. <laughs> yeah. <you're> right. <laughs> so he's not used to the lure of LSU football. Chet's uh, stuck in the, the SEC bubble. 
Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we uh we all went to college with Big Mike, met him there, went through engineering together, me, him, and Wade. Tyler helped us countless of nights writing reports and whatnot since he <laughs> was our journalism major. Uh, so, but, but we got through it together, and of course, we got to watch him on the field. Uh, speaking of being on the field, I just want to know what's your what was it like being, you know, we talked a little bit this weekend. You were saying you went from winning zero games in high school football your freshman and sophomore year, winning a little bit junior and senior, and then you're playing for a national uh, national championship contender. What's that jump like from high – you went to high school in Texas, so Texas football is already insane. So what's that jump like from Texas high school football to SEC football? Well, I mean, you know um... – like you said, Texas high school football is really big right here. It's, it's really kind of a religion in some small towns. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, my high school, we just had some some terrible coaches, and uh, they, they just couldn't get it together. But we had great athletes. We had great talent. So, like I was telling you the other day, you know, we, we wouldn't win a lot of games, but we still have, you know, a few guys signed D2 scholarships and everything. Right, right. Um, Luckily, I was able to, you know, have success at LSU, join the team, and um, man, I, I can't, I can't even begin to describe. Every time I, I think about running out the tunnel, it just, it never hits. It never hits. Like, um, it's never. You never get used to it. You know. Um, yeah. You appreciate it every single time when, when you hear those four notes and you see the crowd just go wild as we run out the tunnel. See the fireworks go off, man. It just, it just lights you up. Yeah. Uh, no. It's uh just being in that stadium itself. It's goosebumps whenever it, when it, the fireworks are going off, the fans, and we're playing. not on the field. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> up, I mean, shoot, in the next couple of years, we'll be up in the nosebleeds. We won't have as good a seats as we did when we were students, but uh, it's it's just insane. So, uh, but yeah, just like take us through. I know I I lived it with you firsthand, being in classes with you, but like uh, from when you were in college, what was this, a day in the life like? playing football, like when you had to wake up, hit workouts, and how you fit school into the mess of that, let alone being a little shout-out here, first electrical engineer to graduate and play football at the same time. So a little That's praise the Big Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys know it better than anybody. I, I didn't get uh, a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see, waking up 5 in the morning probably to be at Ops for 5.30, uh, trying to get rolled out and get ready for workouts at 6.30. Workouts go from about 6.30 to probably 8. And then I yep. uh, have to shower, get dressed, and hightail it across campus to be at circuits with good old Scalzo at 8.30 <laughs> in the morning. You didn't ride the team bus to the sports management classes? I mean, Wait, absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, that, that's a whole other thing. We'll get into that later. But uh, – yeah, no, uh, getting into Scalzo's class first thing. Hopefully I can stay awake long enough. I was with you on that one. Me and you were sitting <laughs> in the back of the room trying to stay awake. Yeah. This was before we were addicted to coffee. There we go. Before they they opened that beautiful uh, Panera bread. Yeah, where we, could, where we could get the cheap coffee before we showed up to an 8 a.m. class. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, we uh, – Get out of workouts first thing in the morning, go through class throughout the day. Luckily, I had obviously some great friends to help me get through it. Um, but yeah, go through class from about eight to 
I'd say um, really, really kind of like two, two p.m. and then head back over to uh, football ops and get ready for practice. Practice usually goes from about teaming starts at like one four forty five, really, mm-hmm. and practice doesn't really end until seven. Then after practice, we got dinner from about like seven thirty to eight thirty, and then tutoring from eight thirty to nine thirty. And uh, using back in the dorm room. Then you, yeah. Then you find some time to actually go to sleep, wake up, do it all again the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's well, that's after I get back to the, you know, the dorm at ten, do homework for about two hours. Then it's about midnight, and then get to yeah. Cause to... Let's be honest, the, the tutors aren't typical uh, helping used to yeah. helping players out with electrical <laughs> engineering homework. Some so if, tutors were needed. Yeah, <laughs> so you'd have well, to do that and then also we'd have to meet you later on and we'd all do our homework together come like exactly. 10 10 30 so yep. it was it was some late it got, i think it got a little easier as we got older we just got smarter that's all yeah we got better about it <laughs> so, but uh i know y'all had to um with all the upgrades to the facility that that new cafeteria um and everything definitely hit different i think what our junior years when they did it all that mm-hmm. yep so but and i mean the the locker room and everything. I remember you were sending videos when they upgraded it. We were we were getting information from you before they posted it on Twitter because LSU's <laughs> got an insane social media uh, background. So yeah. I mean, the, the facilities and stuff like that is it's top notch. Absolutely, man. And that brings me to a question: What was the best meal they ever cooked for you at the the Ops Building? Jeez, all right, now I gotta. I gotta think. Um, I can't we're even. Give, we're not giving you easy is. questions here. You gotta, you gotta run it back. You thought they were all gonna be sports related? Sometimes they are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I think the best meal we ever really had, because because I'm telling you, once uh, once we got that new calf, man, it was we got the personal chef and everything, and I mean the meals went from like great to amazing. I think the best we ever really had, in my personal opinion, one time. Um, chef grilled us a whole gator. It was actually the it was actually the Florida so week. Louisiana. <laughs> it was the Florida week. He grilled a whole gator for us, and it was man, that was awesome. That so was you were awesome. prepping mentally, physically, and with your stomachs. Exactly. Florida gators. Exactly. <laughs> was you know, had to fuel up. Did they ever grill like the hogs and stuff for when Arkansas came to town, or was it the, only the gator that That's you too ever much had? Fat. Too much. No, fat. Um, yeah, not lean enough. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I remember. A hot, they probably did actually. I mean, chef chef did a bunch of stuff like that all the time. Um, I just remember the gator one because you know, but no elephants. My, <laughs> yeah, we didn't, absolute. Just yeah, they get under my skin. But yeah, I think uh, all of us can agree with that. Even Mister Penn State fan up there too. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a big Florida guy. So. No, no. <laughs> but uh, D. I mean, gator kind of just tastes like chicken. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm sure he had it done upright where, where oh, y'all, yeah. y'all were well fed. It was, and then they had a bunch of other. You know, they had a salad bar, and yeah. uh, you could go and special order burgers and a bunch of other stuff. It just, man, we we ate we ate like kings, obviously, <laughs> as you man. should, as you should. <laughs> now, I know you talked uh, about the atmosphere of the stadium, so I got to know, like, what was your favorite home game during your career at LSU? All right. Um, okay, so this is this is actually going to be weird for a lot of people, but my favorite home, my most memorable home game was our freshman year when we played Old Miss. Um, okay. 
and Leonard Fournette buried yeah. that <laughs> short cornerback. <laughs> three times yeah man i i i can't tell you the amount like we went crazy on the sideline we were just laughing the whole time you probably felt the thud on <laughs> yeah. the, on the yeah. felt the and shock the, the thing was um a lot of us on the team we were we were really laughing because the kid who he did it to was committed to lsu and then he flipped oh. on signing day <laughs> so yeah a little personal vendetta there huh yeah it was it was just really funny but Leonard was not, like, I wasted all my time showing you around campus and <laughs> <laughs> nah. Exactly. Yeah, man. Uh nah. Freshman my freshman year it was just um unbelievable because you know that's when we still had Leonard, still had, you know, Jamal, all those guys, Trey White, you know, all those guys that are making big big waves in the NFL now. And yeah. of course, you know, ran into a couple other guys along the way, but um nah, it's just Freshman year, it, it was because I was, you know, the dream came true. Finally got to play for my childhood team and everything. And, it, just... and it's also like the first time you're experiencing playing all these teams too. I'm sure like as you go down the line, yeah, it's cool playing all the teams in the different stadiums. But like when you're playing for the first time, yeah. I mean, that's just like an unreal. Like when we uh, we talked a few weeks ago talking about our favorite like college uh, or our favorite sporting atmosphere, I brought up freshman year when we played Alabama in 2016, even though we lost, that stadium yeah. is the loudest rocking, rocking. I've ever heard. Man. See, he, you, you just said it. The, the blown holding call that they, that they, that they, didn't, they didn't call, and Jalen Hurts scrambled into the end zone. Oh my gosh, so, man. I mean, every LSU fan knows exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about that game. But that that stadium was the, the loudest I think I've ever heard it. Yeah. And I have been going to games for a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> Oh, it, uh, I mean, I think you got the 2019 season. I got to know, minus actually winning the national championship, what's like one of your biggest memories that sticks out during that season? I mean, obviously, when we went to Tuscaloosa and gave them the business. I mean, that that's just I, – I put that on my resume, man. It was uh, – <laughs> it's uh, – it was um, it was just, you know, unreal, you know. Everybody, everybody, every year, you know, they always tell us it's like, yeah, LSU always has the talent, but, you know, can they get it done against Alabama and everything? And going into that season, you know, they had Tua, they had, you know, their their triple core threat of wide receivers, and, yeah. you know, their defense is always killer. So it's like everybody was just like, can they get it done? And it, just, it wasn't looking good, but we just had – we had that bad taste in our mouth from uh, from 2018 and – Man, we 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 were we went hard. I remember um, the practice of the bye week before that game. That was when I uh, I got a concussion because I was yeah. like, man, it's my senior year, man. I'm not going out. I'm not going out like this. So, you know, I was out there just just going hard in practice, and we we got a little physical. So, <laughs> yeah, as you, yeah, as you got to do, you got to get get those, those D linemen right. I mean, because they're yeah. going up against Alabama's and. It's always LSU and Alabama is one in the trenches between the D-line and the O-line. That's really what it boils down to. And that year we had a better O-line. You were getting, you were getting them right. You got the D-line right. So, we, uh, I mean, that was just – from an LSU – from a fan, I was nervous the entire time. Sitting there, I was watching it with my dad. Yeah, I think that I was – I wasn't comfortable. Yeah, I was shaking. Like, I, it was like I had, like, so much anxiety. Like, I was, I was like, I was about to take, like, a final exam or something. Just, like, nervous <laughs> the whole entire time. I, was, I think I might have been more nervous for that before when I got married. 
Like that that was just like so. You shouldn't have said that on recording. (laughs) (laughs) I was fine before the marriage because I knew everything was right. I wasn't too nervous. I knew well Uh, walking through the doors. I I once I saw it, I was like, okay, we're good. But you never know what's gonna happen in an LSU Alabama football game. Absolutely. But and then they came back in the second half and then it was just like uh, I mean, it was an all-out duel, which I think in the end would have it would have been awesome if we beat them like forty-five to ten, just stomped on them. But, but having a better historical game, you know. Yeah, just, exactly. Just a yeah. better game. Well, you knew that Saban game. wasn't going to let that happen. So. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he was in there pulling pulling their pre nil deals before they even came out at halftime. <laughs> like, you don't got one. there before we're taking your cars. <laughs> but uh, like. I think my question kind of ties into Tyler's a little bit, but as far as atmosphere in, you know, we talk about how loud stadiums have gotten uh, in big moments. What's like the biggest road environment that you've had to battle, you know, through that's just been like, hey, look, it's hard to even communicate with the guys on the field, you know. What's uh, you want to talk about communication. All right. So I got two answers to that question in two different aspects. As far as like, um, a road environment, the worst place to play in is the swamp. It's it's yeah. it's hot, it's muggy. As you guys saw um two years ago in the shoe game, yeah, and it gets super foggy and everything. So that's that's the worst conditions wise, like weather conditions. But if you want to talk about noise and communications, you guys already know where I'm going. Old uh hail state. Just uh, yeah, uh, with those cowbells. Cowbells, man, I Here's swear. A week and there's only like 50,000 of them there. Yeah, and that's the craziest part, man. It's just they, they get those things going and you just you can't hear. You can't hear yourself think, man. Um, I'll never forget, you know, every week, I mean, every year when whenever we're going there, Coach, uh, Coach uh, oh, he always had these big, big, like, party speakers and he'd roll them up on a, on a truck uh, when we are doing team and just blare cowbells. <laughs> Blair Cowbells behind the offense as they're getting ready to go. And, um, man, you're going to be ringing for two weeks after that. It's just – I mean, is there a lot of uh, – I guess, like, relaying, you know, signals in on the field and stuff. I guess you kind of rely on hand motions and pull holding up yeah. signs because you can't yell anything. No, I mean, you cannot. You're not going um, anything, period. And usually those weeks we would probably – we'd usually try to go off of a silent count. Yeah. Because um, obviously you can't hear Joe say anything. Um, but nah, man, it, it, that's where it comes down to. You really got to know the, really got to know your playbook. You got to know what defenses you're getting, what look you're getting, and um, how you got to play it. Because obviously, there can't be a lot of communication. You only got a forty second play clock, and sometimes you only got twenty five at that. So, right, got to get out there, got to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, and even like in twenty nineteen, state gave us a little bit of a run for our money with uh, just. I mean, they might not be the best team historically, but going to play there with the with those stinking cowbells, I mean, it'd throw anybody <laughs> off. And so, I mean, you always see that they they like to think they can beat Alabama, but it's I don't think it's <laughs> happened in a very long time. But they they get all these teams on edge when they first come in. Yeah, so, they, they do start out pretty hot. Yeah. Um, let's. Either, I had something I was going to uh, say. I have a question. Go ahead, How did it feel to serve pancakes to the entire Texas A&M defensive line about, oh, I don't know, two years ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty good. You know, we all walked in with uh, some bottles of syrup and uh, butter, you know, just 
getting ready. It's like, like you know, you're going to IHOP, you know, we got our bibs and our forks and items. But uh, no, man, that um, that was – everybody knew that was a Mendetta game. That was a revenge tour game. Um, and it had to feel good to get in against the, you know, the home state team, you know. Yeah. Guys you might have played against – yeah, uh, that was a that was a real honor, man. It was um, just kind of a full circle moment, kind of for me. Yeah, um, especially you, on senior night. I remember you uh, you were playing. I think left guard, and yep. you you pulled, and the the dude. I mean, the D tackle didn't know what was coming. You came around and just rocked this man out of his shoes, and we were we were all going crazy up there in the, in the stadium in the stands. <laughs> Yeah, we got a. I remember. Um, I think I remember your um your parents sent me a video of that play. Yeah, they were video watching it on the TV. Yep. Video in it. And I was like, oh man, I, I look good on the old tube, man. Crazy, but uh, no. Nah, what uh, what was it like for that seven overtime game? Did Did you travel that week? Were you there? Uh, I was there. I didn't travel. Um, I had come home for Thanksgiving, and then uh. Just drove down for the game, man. Yeah. But um, I was right there on the field with the guys. Man, it was that was that was hell. It was uh, it was tough. I mean, obviously you saw how we were at how we were after the end of the game. Yeah. But you know, especially going back and you know, people A fans will always you be like, oh man, nah, we won that game, blah blah blah. But you go back and look at the film, man. There was we won that game four times in regulation. Yeah. But, it is what it is. Obviously, we came back and got it back in blood, as the the youth say nowadays. <laughs> yeah, got him. We got him the next year. Big I time. That, I mean, the whole season yeah. it set the tone to kind of, you know, not yeah. mess around and be all about our business right the there for the regular season. Ended off that. Yeah, yeah. I and remember. Then, I remember sitting. I was on the East Coast. I was in Pennsylvania. I was actually up that week uh, for the Penn State game, mm. and I remember sitting up. Late that night. Oh, that was probably like three thirty in the morning for you. I'm sitting there going, I'm sitting there going, they still playing, and I'm like, (laughs) there's no way this is live. And I'm over there, and I said, there's, there's no way this is live. So I looked, and I was like, nope, they're, they're still playing. I was like, yeah, I watched the entire Clemson South Carolina game, and then I watched about a two hour LSU game after it. You know, like (laughs) Fudge was saying, from like one to three in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it was. I remember I'm very when I'm watching it at home. I don't if we're doing bad. I go sit on another part of the couch. I go like yeah. walk around, and I think that game I was like when it ended, I was in the kitchen behind the counter watching it at that point because I had moved in so many spots trying to figure out which one was the best for the mojo. And it, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a hard. You didn't have seven couches. No, I did. We, we weren't in, we weren't in our in our college apartment where we, I think we had at least six. So I could have just yeah, yeah. couch hopped at that point. So, but I mean, that's a uh, those losses are just because you go out there and you got nothing left at that point. Yeah. And then the, the, they're talking crap after the game, and we all know what happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. That might have made it feel a little better if you lost. You could have actually taken <laughs> it out on, on them right after. Yeah, you know, but. Uh... It just—it was just a bad situation for yeah. Yeah, for everybody, it, man. So, uh, who? I know we've talked a lot about just big name players that are in the NFL now that came through LSU. Who's the one that you, I don't know, left like the biggest impact on you? Not just as like a, a as a player, but like as a person too. Um, biggest impact I have to say was Ethan Posick. 
Okay. Um, he was a center my first yeah. our freshman year. He uh, went to the Seahawks after, and then uh, he's with the Browns now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, man, he uh, wait no, not the Browns. Sorry, the I don't know where Broncos. I think the Broncos. It's one of the B teams. I got it. Okay. I got to check with him. I'm, I'm bad. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> was, it was still at the Seahawks. So it's on the yeah, no, no. no uh, he he just um, he just got traded this off season, actually. Which um, wait, you said he was he's on the Browns. Yeah, Mike, you were right the first time. He's on the Browns. Okay, okay. See, LSU a, West, the yeah, Browns, it, and <laughs> it really is, Bengals, man. So it's just it really is. Um, but yeah. He, um, when I got there, he took me under his wing. Um, obviously, he played center, and I played center. So just try to follow his game. And uh, he was a he's a rowdy one, but um, yeah, he always he always makes sure to take care of us. And he was a great leader. Um, I, I honestly think that that freshman year, we that was probably I know we won the um, the. Uh, the O-line award, the Joe Moore award, but honestly, that, that freshman, my freshman year was probably one of the best lines that was the best line that I, I was a part of while I was at LSU. We had such talent and such great oh. guys, just, you know, disconnects across yeah. the team. But, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, even because y'all all came in, I remember you, uh, Ed Ingram was a what? He was our age or he was a, a year younger? He was a year younger than us. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you already had some experience. He was, he played a big, part of the line um mm-hmm. deculus as yep. well just with him i think he uh what is the longest player yep. in most, LSU, uh, most, most starts more starts in lsu history yeah yeah i remember <laughs> i saw him at lit pizza one time he only ordered one pizza i was like dude what are you doing well you need to be eating a few of these like come no, on no, down no, the no, line. you don't understand how how bad he uh he had a bit of an eating problem when he first got to LSU. So, so the fact that the fact that he he controlled himself to only get one pizza, I'm real proud of him. You never okay. know the inside edge until you talk to someone who knows the guy. No, <laughs> exactly. Nah, it's, it's, it, I'm proud of him for only ordering one pizza. Good yeah, on he him. had a lot of stuff on there. It looked like my lip pizza order, basically just looking like a salad with everything. I said I'll have on one, top. but I'm going to make it. Count. Exactly. That's 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 good. You know, progress. That's progress right there. Um, pro- it's got chicken and turkey and. Uh, pepperoni, just as much protein as you can get on there. Exactly. See, so I want to go ask, watch him play in Houston now. He is yeah, on. I can go watch him and, and Stingley play. Uh, they might actually pay me to go to the preseason game, so we'll see. Because last <laughs> oh, year, that'd be awesome. The last year, the tickets, the taxes were more on the ticket than they were at the actual ticket. So for the preseason, wow. so but we'll, we may have to uh, go catch the Texans and the Saints play. Uh, come. What preseason in August? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, and I think we lost Tyler. <laughs> oh no. Well, Tyler. Tyler. Uh, maybe he'll join back here shortly. But we'll just roll on. Um, I know 2016. You come in under less miles. Uh, halfway th- or what? Four games into the year, it's now Coach O. What was that transition like? Um, rather. Rather quick. Um, I mean, Coach O did a great job of coming in and just taking charge and uh, steering us in the direction we needed to go. Um, I don't know. Many people, this might go over many people's heads because, I mean, it was just Southern Miss, but uh, that was our first game under Coach O. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we routed them 
35 nothing. Which I mean, obviously isn't saying a lot. I mean, we should beat Southern Miss, but still, it was, it was just I always thought that was a, a great indicator of how good Coach O uh, was as a coach. And um, a lot of people, you know, had their opinions of him, but I, I can't say I had any animosity towards the man. He yeah. he gave me a scholarship after all, um, and uh, just he, he led us to the greatest, you know, college football yeah. season of all time. And I mean. Uh, because he was the D-line coach that year when he took over as, as head coach. So, mm-hmm. I guess there's not too much in terms of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, strategy changing or just how he runs things. I mean, especially in the middle of the season, you can't, you know, scorched earth and just completely flip everything. You just got to keep rolling with what you got going. So, yep. I mean, y'all I, y'all won like six or seven straight games under him or five, and, and then I think we lost to, to Bama, but – but still had a heck of a season. Yeah, we we, we won um, quite a few games that season. Um, did ra- rather well in uh, comparison to, you know, old uh, LSU teams. So, yeah. Um, that so, first season – oh, it's great. No, f- finish up. No, but, yeah, um, that first season was – I say it was a good indicator of, you know, his, uh, his abilities as a head coach. Um, but, you know, LSU alumni, if we're not in the big game, they don't – they don't like it, so. Yeah, we got to taste the greatness of 2019, and it can't happen every year. People, everyone got impatient, um, so. I mean, I'm interested to see what old Brian Kelly does now. Uh, I think, I mean, we got the talent to do it, so we'll yeah, see. Absolutely. Um, so I guess we can shift gears a little bit to your uh, to your Olympic weightlifting uh, competitions you got going on now. Uh, I talked about it last week. You taking home the gold medal here in Houston. Um, how did you get into it? Where to? Like, how's it compared to do football training wise, or you know, just how'd you get your start? Yeah, so um, moved out here to Houston back in November. Um, just wasn't really doing much at the time, and um, just wanted to get back into the gym, just start training again. So I joined this uh, CrossFit gym out here, Cosmic CrossFit out in Pearland. If you're ever down here, you know, come. Come say hi. Uh, it's a great, great community, great people. But um, I was doing CrossFit classes for about a month or two. One of the coaches there, one night we were doing a class, and um, the one of the workouts was snatches, which is one of the two Olympic lifts. And um, back at LSU, Coach Moffitt, who was our head strength and conditioning coordinator, he, um, he had us incorporate Olympic weightlifting heavily into our training program. So obviously I had, you know, the technical skill to – complete the lifts and uh, a bit of strength behind that to go with it. So I was in there, I think, repping out 185 for about, you know, 20, mm. uh, 20 straight is that, is that kilos or is that pounds? That is pounds. That is okay. pounds. I have not now you're, now you're repping close to 185 in kilos. kilos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying, to, trying to get there. That is um, that is as far. Actually, that's my goal before the end of the year is to hit to snatch 180 kilos. Um, oh, we got Tyler back. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah, now, now it's a full party. So, all right, continue on with uh, – But – um, Got into it. But, yeah, um, coach pulls me aside after class and just uh, asked me if I had any experience with Olympic weightlifting and told him about my background and um, time at LSU with Coach Moffitt. And uh, he told me, you know, he thought that I had some real skill and uh, could possibly be – 
able to compete for some big things in the sport. And uh, I knew nothing really about the ins and outs of Olympic weightlifting as an actual entity, as a sport. And, but uh, he interested me enough. He sold me on it and um, started training back at the end of January. I uh, had my first meet in March. Um, took first in my weight class, but uh, didn't actually get a medal. Um, and uh, just been training for it since. Uh, qualified at my first meet for under 25 nationals, which will be at the end of this month. I will be listing June 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada mm-hmm. at 4.45 p.m. I'll be sure to send you guys the link to stream it and whatnot. Um, yeah, we'll send that out on the Sports Scramble Twitter page. Get our get our loyal listeners to to tune in for, for you throwing pretty much your body weight above your head. That so. is the goal. I'm actually um, shooting to clean and jerk 165 kilos, which is about six kilos over my own body weight. Yeah, so uh, that's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> I watched you do it last, or two weeks ago, and it's just absolutely insane. So I mean, that's just like you would basically have me in one hand and Wade in the other, and you could just be throwing it over your head. It'd be no problem. For those not well-versed in the metric, that's 360 pounds. So, yes. <laughs> very, very impressive. So, it's like pretty much like three me. Yes. Three, <laughs> three Tylers. Yeah. Three Tylers when he's wet. <laughs> when, he's, when he's soaking, dripping wet. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's just – it's insane. Like, watching y'all – I mean, all the athletes out there doing it. The part that scares me is when you're getting up, like bringing it up that fast with your shoulders. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you have to do a lot of um, additional workouts to work different parts of your body, work your, your back, uh, shoulders, everything like that. Or are you just kind of building that muscle up, just continuously doing doing the same reps? No. Um, the way Coach has our program set up, we do all different types of things like uh, – we got curls, we got deficit push-ups, incline bench, you know, just regular actual training and everything like you would do for any other sport, really, where you're trying to train power and speed mm-hmm. and strength, um, the back squats, front squats, overhead squats, push press, you know, just we, we train all different types of muscles. I mean, I'll never forget. That's that's really what started interesting me more in the sport is that um, as I got into it, uh, coach introduced me to different types of lifts and um skills and drills that I hadn't hadn't even thought about before um, opened my eyes to muscles that I didn't even realize I had because he made me take a list from this one position and I'm just like oh I didn't know that felt <laughs> that's, like that. that's sore now I didn't know I didn't even know I had that in my back what is this? Now it's sore. <laughs> um, but yeah no it's uh it really teaches you a lot about body control and you know, sometimes you think you can't handle things. Like I, I told you guys, uh, my opening lifts last Saturday was 140 kilograms. And it's a weight I've hit before, but, you know, I was struggling with it uh, the weeks prior and uh, went out there Saturday and just in the moment in the heat, you know, you don't know what your body can do. Um, we're yeah, stronger you got than that, that adrenaline of the competition pumping. You, you're in the zone. You get a, get a few extra kilograms on there that you, that you can hit. Yeah. What's the yeah. uh, – I'm curious, what between football and Olympic weightlifting, you know, obviously whatever you put in your body is all fuel. So, like, mm-hmm. what a, were, were you eating more when you were playing football, and then you're out there, you got more cardio playing football out there running in the Louisiana heat, um, <laughs> or is, is it you take intake more nowadays, or, or how does that work? No, actually, I mean, um, I've kind of been cutting back mm-hmm. uh, since I got into it because. 
you know, you kind of want to still be aerodynamic. Um, at least I want to. That's how I'm approaching the game. Um, I want to be able to move as fast as possible. Don't really want anything in the way. So can't really have a big gut getting away the bar while you're trying to pull it up <laughs> over your head. Um, so, no, I, I typically try to eat healthy. Of course, obviously, you know, every once in a while we can still go out and have some drinks and eat some quesadillas. Like but, we did uh, last night at the Dave and Buster's, killing it on the Guitar Hero, hero must yes, I say. Yes. Big Mike is, is slaying it. So. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, um, I'm – I'm in a fortunate position. I'm in the 109 kilogram plus category, which okay. calculates out to about 240. Um, so I, I like to tell people it's like my weight can go up, down, or sideways, and I'll still be in the same weight class. Uh, but but that, that must give you a huge advantage. The the weight classes are that you know spread out. That um, hey, if I can just hang out up here at what I, what I feel is a healthy weight. I can just destroy these people that are, you know, yeah. 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that typically is the way things go. Um, but in my experience, usually if someone's closer to the to that 240 mark, they'll try and drop down just to be in, you know, sure. some similar. Uh, be at the top of that next weight level. Exactly. A bit of exactly. Yeah. yeah, that makes um, sense. And And if they have the strength, you know, they get on the right nutrition, the right diet, and everything. They can maintain their strength, even build, and still cut weight. So, like a wrestler, you know, those yeah. guys are like sweating out, <laughs> yeah, know, every ounce of liquid in them to make that weight. Uh, what What's the qualifying process like? So, you know, you said you go from local tournaments or competitions in Houston, and then I'm sure other people do that as well. And then you have more of a national meetup in in uh, Nevada and Las Vegas, but then at what point does it transition to like, you know, Team USA sanctioned events? And then what's the process from there? All right. So, yeah, obviously I've been doing a lot of research about that because, you know, everybody who gets into this sport, anybody who gets into any sport, you know, you want to compete at the highest level possible. Right. So um, really what the the path forward for me is um, already done at the local level, of course, qualified for nationals, but so far, I've only qualified for the under 25 nationals, which isn't the, you know, the big cheese, the big dance. Um, that's some real weight. And once I get to that, I'm close to that weight. Um, right now, my total, my best total that I recorded last Saturday was 279. The qualifying total cutoff is 311. So, you know, it's within my reach. I, I'm pushing myself to hit that target. Um, now, is least- that for the, the snatch or the clean and jerk? That's for the total. That's for both combined. The total is oh, kilograms, kilograms. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kilograms. So uh, 311 kilogram total uh, okay. between your snaps and clean and jerk would be the cutoff for national championships for my class okay. here, at, um, here in America. And uh, so, yeah, get to the actual national championships and uh, win that. That puts you obviously in good position to, you know, be invited to the Olympic trials or the um, what we call the continental championship trials um, and buy for a spot on team USA going to what would be the next level is the continental championships um, and that we fall under the Pan American weightlifting federation. So that's South America and North America all combined, all the countries from there. Um, We all fall under the same weight federation and they have championships. I think, I think this year they're supposed to be 
late summer, I want to say, um, early fall, like August, September time, maybe. Don't quote me on that. I'm, I haven't checked it. But, uh, you know, you go to Continental Championships, compete there, win there, place there. Um, that puts you in, you know, good standings. Obviously, you'll be lifting a lot of weights. And so from there on, there's a worldwide ranking system for, you know, each weight class, each age group, because there's youth age group, there's junior, senior, and then the master's category. You want to kind of fall in with the senior category in the top um, in order to, I know the big question is how do you make it to the Olympics? You'd need to be one of the top 14 lifters in the entire world for your weight class. And then there's like a bunch of different ins and outs about how you can actually get there, depending on, who the host country is of that Olympics and what the um, what the Olympic committee decides how many people they want to be in the competition each year. Like this year, uh, this upcoming cycle for 2024, there's only supposed to be 10 people um, per per country that can actually go. And that's including that's men and women. So five men, five women. And that's um, also different weight classes, too. Yeah, exactly. 10 across 10 across 10 the board. Across the board. Um, so. Stakes are extremely high, um, yeah. but you know that's that's why it's a competition. It's a uh, whoever can be the best, and and this is a summer Olympic sport, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, sir. so you don't have uh, to go to like Russia in December when it's negative forty <laughs> degrees. Yeah, we're gonna be out in Siberia. <laughs> yeah, you know, bears can, and everything. You could go enjoy the summer of Paris. Hopefully, yes. from twenty twenty four. We oh, could man, relax and, and, and sip our coffee and eat our macaroons exactly. and, and when it's a crisp, probably like eighty degrees outside. There we go. There we go. That's going to be the. That's going to be the goal. Get some cheap, uh, cheap designer for our wives and everything too. You know, exactly. Exactly. But um, yeah. No, that's a. It's a. It's a long climb, but obviously it's worth it. You know, you yeah. get to that, that big of a stage. It's a. Uh, well, you've done it before. You're living proof. You did it on the football side. You worked your way into the premier college football league. So, I mean, sky's the limit, man. We know you can to do it. And um, the, the Olympics are here in the U.S. in 2032. Is that right? So, uh, okay. That's plenty go. of time to get there. <laughs> you can keep I'm getting bigger and better for 10 years. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we, we got a got long. And that's the great another great thing about this sport. You can do it for a long time. Um, All right. I think the the uh, world record holder right now, uh, Lasha Talakase, he's been doing it since uh, 2012, actually. So, um, oh, he's been, as far as uh, being in the Olympics. Oh dang! Okay, yeah. so he's been in. Yeah, I've been in a yeah. few. Yeah. Right. So, so you, go ahead. Yeah. Paul. Um. You take care of your body. Train hard. Train smart. You know, you can do this a long time, and hopefully, ten years from now, we're sitting here. I gotta couple of there'll be some, know, some gold medals hanging some on the gold wall medals behind. hanging behind me <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll have we'll to see about that decade. official official uh big mike partners in the olympics sports scramble we'll be getting to him early before he signs a bigger and better <laughs> podcast uh, deal absolutely but uh yeah that's uh that's the journey that's the goal yeah, that's awesome oh so what's uh what's like a a big you know, like an endorsement company for Olympic weightlifting. Like, uh, I think uh, we talked a little bit on Friday. You got like for for CrossFit, Rogue is like the big brand. Obviously, 
in the gyms you got under armor nike what's uh what's like the the dream one to work for or to have sign you so um as if we're talking american actually rogue is still the the dream um the big the big name here in america um the nationals are actually sponsored by nike and rogue Um, covered in nike and rogue swag coming in a few weeks that'll be nice That'd be, that'd be awesome, man. Um, but as far as worldwide and, um, I hope obviously Rogue never hears this, but I'm a big Alico fan because Alico is like the worldwide standard Okay. Uh, as far as bars and weights go. That's yeah. what, that's what they use at the Olympics. They use Alico bars and weights and, uh, okay. man, it, it's, it's, uh, we have, a one of our, our gym owner, um, he just finished buying a sprint, like all new, kilo plates and he bought us like six new bars in their alico and um one big thing that i uh weightlifters you know will greatly appreciate is the spin on a bar so it's like you know you're taking a clean and everything and if you got a really stiff bar it won't like it won't move like you can't get that good elbow turnover so i'll never forget like the first time he brought him in i um he told me to take a clean with it and i just i just had like you know um about 135 on the bar, and that's in pounds, by the way, in pounds. Uh, took, took it, I mean, when I tell you that bar flew through the air, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Because I, I had noticed at your at your meet when, or your competition when they were cleaning the bars in between mm-hmm. uh, lifts, the, the two guys would hold the end, and the middle guy would just spin it and then spray it. And I was like, hold yeah. up. That doesn't happen in the LA fitness. My my bench bar doesn't spin like that. No, man. No. <laughs> That's special for for weightlifting or Olympic yes, weightlifting. Yes, it is. And, and uh, you to get bars like that, you got to pay a pretty penny. Um, our our assistant coach on the team, she's also one of our lifters. She has she had her own bar, mm-hmm. um, and she told uh, she told us that bar costs a thousand dollars. It's uh it's it's nothing nice, nothing cheap. But, you know, you get great spin. It's a great piece of metal, very flexible. Uh, um, you know, you, you, you get into this sport, obviously, you respect the bar and the yeah. bar takes care of you. Hey, your equipment will take you a long way. So Exactly. Uh, well, you know, we don't want to take too much of your time. It's a Sunday night. We all got work tomorrow morning. You got to get in the gym and keep, keep on training. So, so you uh, don't have to work one day. Exactly. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, well, yeah. I still got to work, guys. Uh, um, uh, weightlifting is technically an amateur sport, so uh, I can't quit my job and be like, oh, I'm going to be a pro weightlifter. But, you know, don't tell anybody, you know, one, maybe one day I open a gym, you know, and I say, there, oh, there you go. We all better. start training. And train and, you know, I got to run the gym. And yeah. I so happen to train. You know? Exactly. Yeah, no. Well, no, I didn't I didn't know that. So I guess uh, since it's an amateur sport, um would you still be able to pay, get paid for like endorsements or anything mm-hmm. like that? That, that is okay. still, that is still viable. Um, uh, it's, it's, you can, you can have sponsorships, you can have endorsements. It's just, you can't say I am a professional weightlifter. Like you can't say that this is my job. Gotcha. I don't pay you to do weightlifting. If that, if I, that would, I would assume most, most of the people in that field, like you said, probably have a gym that they run and that's their, mm-hmm. Their job, but they also get to train there. So you business and yeah. pleasure. You just, just not supposed to mix them, but sometimes you can. Yeah, so, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, no. We appreciate you joining us, loyal listener. Now you're our first ever interview guest on the podcast. So 
remember us when you make it big, when you're standing up there winning gold medals in Paris. Well, you'll remember me because I'll be there. Be there, with you, man. <laughs> be there back slapping you, getting you ready to go. Uh, you can lift me in your warm-ups as you your warm-up weight. So um, I'll have to be a little careful. You know, I, I usually try to drop the bars, you know, after I, oh, no. yeah, I did see you do that. So, yeah, so I got to. Gotta be a little careful. That's precious cargo there, you know. Yeah. Shut wear pads. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure I'm covered in bubble wrap. There so, uh, if you want, you could plug your socials real quick. To get everybody knows where to follow you and see these lifts. Uh, yeah, you guys um can follow me on Instagram. It's um at big like lowercase. Everything's lowercase. B i g dot four underscores four uh, dot Mike. So big dot four underscore dot Mike on the IG. Um, I usually try to post my uh, training sessions um, every night when I get the chance and, you know, let you guys know when updating, uh, keep you guys updated when meets are coming and everything. And yeah, um, you guys uh, follow me. I'll give you a shout out. Appreciate <laughs> you guys. Obviously going to give a big shout out to Sports Scramble on when the next episode drops. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll have this out tomorrow and we can post it everybody and listen to the good interview. Yeah, I know, but thanks again for coming on. Uh, go ahead and kill that Monday Monday workout. You know, get go ahead for the PRs, everything. You got the extra motivation now. Um, and hopefully we'll be seeing you one day in the Olympics. Absolutely. Appreciate so, you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Pleasure. Right. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.